0: I want to welcome all of our campuses to the fourth week of our series entitled Hope. Again, come on, let's just welcome all those that are joining us. Man, it's so exciting to have all of you with us. So for those of you uh, that maybe have missed one of the weeks, you can always go online, download either the podcast or watch the on-demand video teaching as well. Last week, we talked about the great exchange. My good friend, how many of y'all enjoyed Pastor Chris Hodges last week? Wasn't that powerful? Man, he was awesome. So Pastor Chris last week talked about out of Romans chapter 3. For those of you that are new this first weekend, we're teaching the first eight chapters of the book of Romans over six weeks. Dealing with the different themes. And so Pastor Chris, last week, I gave him Romans chapter 3, verse 24 and 25. He talked about four big terms. He talked about justification. He talked about grace. He talked about redemption. He talked about propitiation. By the way, I'm sure all of you use propitiation this week in conversation, right? Very, very big term. Thank God for his grace. You know, it's interesting. I was reminded of a funny story about a pastor who was teaching on the sin of lying. He was going to teach on it the following week. And he told his congregation, often as I do, I'll say, hey, listen, guys, for example, I'll say to you next week, I'm going to be dealing with Romans chapter six and seven. Read that. So he kind of told them, teed up for them to be able to read ahead. So he told them, I want everybody to read the gospel, St. Mark chapter 17. So, everybody came in the following week and he opened the Bible and he said, Before I begin my message on the sin of lying, I'd like to ask all of you to see how you did. He said, I would like to ask all of you with a show of hands, how many of you read Mark chapter 17? Every hand in the place went up. He says, There's only 16 chapters in the book of Mark. I will now proceed with my message. <laughs> how many are grateful for God's grace? Come on now, we're grateful. <laughs> Today, I want to talk to you about the newness of life. The newness of life. I want to dive back into the book of Romans. I'm going to look at chapter 5 and chapter 6 and discover the transformation that takes place on the inside of us as followers of Jesus. I've often said this before, actually, many times I've said this Christians are not just forgiven, they're transformed. There was a bumper sticker. I'm sure all of you guys have seen that bumper sticker, and the bumper sticker it says, "You know, Christians aren't just—they're not just perfect. They're not perfect. They're just forgiven." I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. I'm sure all of you. And 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 there's a great truth to that. Thank God for forgiveness. Thank God for another chance. But 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 I believe that that bumper sticker, actually, according to the Bible, you're going to find out today, it's incomplete because we're not just forgiven as Christians. And I thank God for the blood of Christ that forgives us. Whether when we come to Christ or as followers of Jesus, when we blow it, thank God that we can go back and there's forgiveness. But Christians are more than just forgiven. They're actually transformed in their inner nature. We we are not the same people according to what Paul says, and we're going to learn it today. We're not the same people that we used to be. In Christ, you become a new creation. All things have passed away. And behold, all things have become new. Today, my message is real simple. I've got two points, and we're gonna look at Romans chapter five and six, but I, I believe it's some very profound biblical truth, deep theology to help equip us for us, watch us, as Pastor Chris talked about last week, as in a mirror, we begin to see not only God, but we begin to see ourselves in Christ. Two points. Number one, first one today, I'm born from Adam and I'm reborn in Christ. I'm born in or from Adam and I'm reborn in Christ. It's interesting, Romans is a letter written by the Apostle Paul to Christians. He wrote a letter to Christians in that imperial city, Rome, to both Gentiles and Jewish believers in Jesus, watch this, to people that he'd never met before. He'd never had a conversation with them before. He never spent time with them before. And yet, in that letter, I want you to think about this for a moment. In that letter, it'd be like us sending an email to people that we didn't know, that we did that we've never met, we've never had a conversation with. How would you like it if in your inbox tomorrow morning when you go to work, there's an, there's an email, and the email, you the person introduces themselves and then says, You're a sinner. You're ungodly and you need a change. Welcome. How are you doing today? That's exactly what Paul the Apostle says in Romans chapter 5 and Romans chapter 6. And he begins to introduce this theme that's so powerful. He begins to introduce all of humanity are in Adam before they come to Christ. What does it mean to be in Adam? Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Now stick with me, because it gets really, really good. Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Listen to what Paul says. Therefore, just as through one man, that's Adam, sin entered the world, and death through sin. So two things he talks about. Number one, one man's action, watch this, brings sin into the world, but not only sin, also this thing called death. And then he says, and thus death spread to all men. Not just Adam. Not just the person that actually started this thing, that created the problem, but now death has spread to all men. Because, watch this, here's the caveat, because all have sinned. How can one man's sin now include all of us have sinned? This is a little bit tricky and I want you guys to follow with me. Adam, I believe, is a real historical figure in the Bible. Matter of fact, he enjoyed a relationship with God. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 2, God created Adam in his image and likeness and dominion. He created mankind. And Adam and Eve enjoyed a wonderful relationship with God. Matter of fact, at the end of Genesis chapter 2, the Bible actually says that That they were naked and unashamed prior to sin coming into the world. Genesis chapter 3. And they had this wonderful communication with God. Watch this. And they had a wonderful communication. They had communication with God, one another, and with themselves. You know there's different levels. There's interpersonal communication. There's intrapersonal communication where you communicate with yourself. Psychologists call it self-talk. How do we relate to ourselves? How do we relate to one another? But when sin entered the world, there was a breakdown in our in Adam's relationship with God, then in his relationship with Eve, and then in his relationship with himself. He now felt shame. The Bible says it wasn't just an action, and this is important. It wasn't just the action that he committed with sin, but now there was a fundamental change in Adam's core identity and now his nature became fallen. Prior to that moment, he was holy and pure, wonderful relationship with God. But then after that, he's now fallen. And every human being after that, according to the Bible, inherits a fallen, corrupt, Adamic nature. Now immediately, I know some of you guys think, oh, pastor, man, that doesn't seem fair at all. You're right. It doesn't seem fair. And yet, And yet it's in the Bible. And there's a solution that the Bible provides to get out of it. It Reminds me of a man who had a nursery for babies born with a cocaine crack cocaine addiction. These babies were born to crack addicted moms. And these babies would literally never stop crying days Weeks They would just cry and cry. Actually, he hired ladies to come in and to hold and to rock these babies. And in essence, to hold them. And those babies, in essence, would cry that addiction out of them. It was totally unfair. And yet those babies inherited from their mothers an addiction to crack cocaine. In the same way, we inherited, the Bible says, from Adam a fallen nature. Paul says, therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin, and thus death spread all because all sinned. Even though you weren't there and I I wasn't there, we inherited from Adam a fallen nature. Verse 13, for until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. Immediately someone said, wait, time out. Pastor Steve, what about that person we talked about? What about that person that doesn't know the law and, 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 and they don't know, understand the law and how can they be held accountable? It's like a friend of mine, one time we got pulled over and the policeman came up to the window and he rolled down the window and he said, I know what he meant to say, but here's what he said. He goes, I'm so sorry. He goes, you know how fast you're going? He goes, I'm so sorry. I didn't know there was a speed limit. <laughs> here's what he meant to say. I didn't know what the speed limit was. Can I tell you this? I, I, I spoke a couple of weeks ago that, that even if someone doesn't know, quote, the law, by the way, next week you don't want to miss. I'm going to talk about what role does the law have in the lives of believers today? What was fulfilled at the cross? What continues today? You don't want to miss next week's message. But remember what I said week one? Somebody on an island, actually week one and two, who has never been to Church of the Kingdom, never been to Next Steps, they've never heard the Hope Again series, they've never read the book of Romans, they are still held accountable before God because of the law of conscience. They're made in the image of God. All humanity is made in the image of God, the likeness of God, and the dominion of God. We are all moral beings. We're not animals led by instinct and appetite and survival mechanisms. We're made in the image of God. We're not God, but we're made in the image of God, which means we're moral creatures. We have a right and a wrong indelibly imprinted in our psyche. All people are held accountable before God. Paul said there's a law. There's there's, there's this law of conscience that we've talked about. Look at verse 14. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses even over those who had not sinned. Why? Because we were in Adam. We were in Adam, even those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam. I mean, after all, we weren't in the garden, but yet we were in Adam, and he was in the garden. Now, good news is coming. Who was a type of him who was to come? Pastor Chief, how do you know that sin, how do you know that, that, that mankind was in Adam? Because look at the results. Uh, look at the evil in the world. Look at the death. Look at the death. What happened? Sin entered the world, and look at the twin of sin. Ready for this? The twin of sin is death. Here comes death right behind it. Isn't that interesting? My uh, grandfather died at 68 on my mom's side, 68. I remember as a kid, I was, I was like 10 or 11, 12, I thought, man, he was so old. I'm in my 50s. How I many you know 68 is not that old? Can I have a witness in God's house? It's like, that's not that old. And and I know today they're they're talking about lifespan, you know, it's, I mean, I mean, if you hear somebody die before 80, it's like, man, that's just too young. Now it's much older, 90s, and I I don't know what it's going to be when, 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 you know, in 30 years from now, but, but, but it doesn't matter if it's 120 years, it's still finite and it's, and it's still small in light of eternity. And the fact is death is still, watch this, death is still right on the heels of every individual. You know, what's interesting when you think about a baby, a baby that's born. I love the, the sound of, uh, of that, that first, you know, that's a big thing, right? In the, when, when they're delivering a baby and, and the, you know, that, that first cry, this is such a paradox. That, that, that this first cry of that newborn baby, there's a cry of life. But the moment that there's a cry of life, that moment, did you know that that child actually starts dying as well? There's a finite time that every human being has. And and what what Paul is trying to say is that that because of sin, death is come into the world. There's coming a day when death will be no more. There's coming a day when sin will be no more. How many of y'all look forward to that? There's coming a day. You and I were born in Adam, but here's some good news. Here's some good news. When we become Christians, don't miss this. When we become Christians, we're actually taken out of Adam and we're actually placed into Christ. That's why I say it. And I want to resoundingly say it to every campus. When you're a Christian, you're not just forgiven. You're fundamentally transformed in your nature. You're taken out of Adam and you're actually placed into Christ. You know, as a a kid, I was not really good with pinball. And and I actually was good with two games. Pac-Man, I was pretty good. How many of y'all remember Pac-Man? Come on, raise your hand. Come on, all you 50-somethings. You know what I'm talking about.
1: All right, here's another.
0: Here's another. You guys ready for this? I was actually pretty good at one other game. And I don't want to brag in church, but I was like really good. All right, so here it is. Galactica. Come on, how many of y'all remember that? I mean, I'd tear me up some galactic, you know, what I, I mean, I just, but one of the gains or one of the things, it was really interesting that would torment me was the claw. <laughs> Y'all remember the claw? It's just like, I was never super successful at that. Matter of fact, I grew up in Metairie for all of our South Shore folks. And, and in Metairie, there was a Pizza Hut. And I remember at Pizza Hut, they had the claw. And so for those of you that don't know, this is deep, profound truth. We're gonna get back to the Bible, but this is a good illustration. But anyway, so, so at, at, at Pizza Hut, and I know they've got Chuck E. Cheese and all these different places now, but so, so they had, watch this, they had the claw. And so here's the essence of the game, all right? You put your quarter in. And so, so you've got all these prizes that are trapped in this, this, this thing. Now you can see in, but they can't get out. Unless, aha. The claw, and it goes on this little thing, and so here's it. You stop the claw over one of these prizes, and then you lower the claw, and the claw comes, and it picks it up, and it takes it, and then it brings it over here, watch this, and then delivers it into freedom. And then you get the thing, and you're so just slinky, whatever it is. And it's so amazing, and it's so exciting. And I began to think about, as I, p- I was thinking about this message, what it means to be in Adam. All of us were inside contained, trapped in sin. Right. We're trapped in oppression. We're trapped in worry. We're trapped in fear. But the gospel arm of God comes and watches, and God watches, he grabs us and he picks us up out of Adam and he drops us into Christ into a place of freedom and we're delivered from sin that's what the gospel does everybody say good news today you may say well I must not be a Christian because sin is alive and well in me come on pastor I prayed the prayer I want to, time out, time out. I'm going to talk to you. As a Christian, we still sin, but as a Christian, we're not enslaved to sin. There's a difference. There's a difference. Romans chapter five, verse 15, but the free gift is not like the offense. For if by one man's offense, many died, that was Adam. If by one man, Adam, his offense, his transgression, disobeyed God. Many died. Much more. Everybody say much more. Much more. The grace of God and the gift by the grace. It's not earned. We don't earn this. By the one man, Jesus Christ, abound to many. In other words, if one man, Adam, messed it up, another man, Christ, much more fixes everything. You got to see this. Look at verse 15. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. No, 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 no. It's totally different. Yes, it was one man that messed up. Yes, it was one man that corrected it. But this one man who sinned for judgment, which came from the offense resulted in condemnation. But the free gift, everyone say free gift. Free gift. Pastor Steve, how do I get saved? Do I feed the poor? You ought to feed the poor, but that's not get, that doesn't get you saved. Do I help people? Is that, is that the gospel? No, the, you ought to help people, and that may be an evidence of the gospel, but you don't get saved by helping people. That's a result of the gospel, but that's not how. how so, so, pastor, how do I? Look at this next word. This is so important. But the free gift which came from the offenses resulted in justification. Verse 17, stay with me. For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one. One man, Adam, you blew it. We were in Adam sin entered, death entered. It was a cosmic offense. Every person, every generation, every tribe, every tongue was affected by Adam. We were in Adam. Watch this. Much more, those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift. It's a gift. Pastor Steve, how do I get saved? Do I work real hard? No, it's a gift. You don't work to get saved. It's a gift. By the way, somebody did do work. It's Jesus who did the work. He's the one that did the work. Everybody say a gift. What gift? The gift of righteousness. What does it mean? What does righteousness mean? It means to be right with God. How do I get right with God? Pastor, what do I do to be right with God? Do I fast or do I pray? No, no, no. I fast and pray because I'm right with God. I don't fast and pray to be right with God. Pastor, how do you get right with God? Do you do more good than bad and hopefully the more good outweighs the bad? And you get up to God and he goes, "Well, let me check you out. Let me see what you do." No, no, no. I'm not right with God because of my works. I'm right with God because of my faith in Christ's work on the cross. Everybody say it's a gift. That's why it's all level at the cross. It's all level the gift of righteousness you will reign in life through the one you got let me read it again for if by one man's offense death reigned through the one that's adam much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ adam blew it jesus corrected it now i love that verse will reign will reign everyone say will reign <coughs> where in the sweet by and by when i get to heaven Wow, oh, Pastor, when I get to heaven, it's going to be wonderful. Well, yeah, it's going to be absolutely wonderful. But 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 if I read my Bible correctly, Paul says something to the church at Rome. He says that when you receive Christ, you receive the abundance of grace, the empowering of God. You have the gift of righteousness. You actually reign not in heaven. You'll reign in heaven. But but it's actually, the Bible says, in this here and now, in this life. Well, what do you reign over? Reign over people? No, you reign over sin. You, you, you reign over addiction. You reign over fear. You reign over worry. You, you've got to see this. Christians, you're a Christ, follower of Jesus. You're more than just forgiven. You actually have a power on the inside of you that empowers you to reign over all those base level things. Yes. Pastor Steve, do Christians sin? Yes, we're, we sin, but we are not mastered by sin. We're not enslaved to sin. Not according to the Bible, we're not. You are not a slave to sin. You guys, Some of you guys have heard the story. When I became a Christian. I I didn't struggle a lot with fear. I don't remember struggling. But when I became a Christian, I was a freshman in college, 19 years old. And this is crazy. You may not even believe in demons. You may not even believe. It doesn't matter. The Bible teaches it. And and there was a demonic spirit, a spirit. I didn't see anything, but I could feel it. It entered into my room. And literally, this is crazy. I slept with the lights on for about nine months after I became a Christian. It's funny, the guy, this guy told me one time, he goes, Pastor, I'll be honest, man, it seemed like everything was going right with my life before I got saved, after I got saved, all. And, and first of all, that's not true. I knew your life, and it wasn't that good anyway, trust me. So he, that's amnesia, but, but let's just go along with your train of thought, okay? If it is going worse right now, it's because you've switched jerseys, and now you're a threat to the kingdom of darkness, and you are now being attacked by the devil, Okay? <laughs> I was now a threat to the kingdom of darkness, just like you're a threat, just like you're a threat to the kingdom of darkness. And you know what Pastor Doug Arment, who was my Bible study, he taught me about memorizing the scripture. I memorized the word of God. And all of a sudden, after about nine months, it's like this holy mist just came on the inside of me, just kind of went. And I'm like, I am not. And and God has not given me a spirit of fear. And I just began to declare the word of God. I'm going to rule and reign over this thing. I've not been given to this. God is, and all I just began to declare the word. And I'm telling you, that thing lifted off of my life, not because of my power. By the way, not because I'm an Enneagram, you know, uh, Eight, uh, wing eight or disc profile or miles and I'm going to tell all the executives here you will be reduced down by a demonic spirit but the power of God on the inside is stronger than any darkness from hell I'm telling you you, 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 you can't you can't overcome darkness because of your personality profile or leadership executive coaching you need the power that's greater than the power of darkness and it's the power of almighty how many are grateful for the power of God on the inside of us Greater is he that's in us than the devil that's in the world. Woo, man, I'm preaching this morning. I feel excited about it. Okay, okay, there's only two points. So number one, watch this. We were born in Adam, but we've been lifted up by our faith in Christ, his work, and we've been placed in Christ. All right, number two, here it is. I'm dead to sin and alive to God. Dead to sin and alive to God. Chapter 6, Paul starts talking about this whole issue of sin for a person who's in Christ. So what do I do, Pastor, about the sin stuff in my life? Romans chapter 6, verse 1 and 2. It's interesting. He begins to answer questions. This is, this is fascinating. The, the, the Romans, the people are getting saved. And they're like, well, you know what? I couldn't save myself. I needed God's grace to save me. Then why don't I just keep on sinning more so that I can actually position myself for more grace? And he says, that's foolishness. We don't presume on the grace of God. Look what he says, Romans chapter 6. He's answering this question, verse 1 and 2. What shall we say? He's answering it with a rhetorical question. Watch this. What shall we say? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who have died to sin live any longer in it? Amen. Whoa. By no means. Absolutely not. And he says, We have died to sin. Everybody said, We've died to sin. We're alive to God. Look at verse 3. Or do you not know that as many as you who were baptized into Christ, Jesus were baptized into his death. What is Paul talking about? You know, we believe that the Bible teaches believers baptism at church in the king. Why do, why do I believe that? Well, the book of Acts written by Luke, who was a physician, here's what he said, quoting Peter. Here's what Peter said. Believe. Everyone say, believe. And be baptized. So people often ask me, Pastor, you know, you know, I was baptized as an infant. Should I get baptized as an adult? Well, and, and what I would say to them is, did you believe prior to being baptized? Because that's the logic. If the Bible says believe and be baptized, now we believe in baby dedication, ch- children dedication. But baptism, according to the scripture, is believer's baptism because what is it? It's a public demonstration of the inward work of Christ in your heart. Of what Christ has done, so so here's the word, ba- to be baptized is the actual Greek word baptizo, and it actually means to be immersed. So once a month at Church of the King, what do we do? We baptize people, full immersion in water. And that's why, well, if pastors get in the, in the pool, you say, pastor, what are all these pools and all the sanctuary, you know, all the, all the foyers and commons areas? Well, we believe, and so what do we do? What are people doing? Does baptism save you? No, only Christ saves. But baptism is a demonstration, a public demonstration that you are saved. You're no longer Adam and you are in Christ. Now, watch this. Matter of fact, I've, I've told y'all this before. Uh, years ago, I, I preached and I was, I, I was a youth evangelist. And so I was down in Cajun country, cut off, where my family's actually from, and my, my mom's side. And this lady came up, she goes, she, she called me pastor, she goes, pastor, she goes, I know y'all gonna be baptizing people, little Timmy's needs to be baptized tonight. He's been real bad. Maybe y'all can hold him under a little bit longer. <laughs> okay, the water doesn't cleanse you from sin, the blood of Christ does. Come on, how many y'all grateful for that? But, but, The water is a powerful physical symbol of what happened on the inside. So here's what we do. So you are laid back in the water. What is that a picture of? It's a picture of being laid back into the grave. Let me tell you something. I want everybody to hear me. Christianity is not a moral improvement program. It's not just in 2022, I want to make better decisions. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Christianity is a dying to the old and a being reborn into the new. It's, a to- it's, it's much more. This is major, major stuff here. Baptism is the perfect physical picture of the spiritual reality that takes place when a person moves from in Adam. Everybody say in Adam. Everybody say in Christ. So, pastor, what happens to that sin in us? Verse 4, therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death. Here it is. We were buried. Remember what happened to Christ? He died on the cross. That was a Friday. Good Friday. But he didn't stay dead. Day one, Friday. Day two, Saturday. Day three, he rose from the dead. You don't stay under the water. Listen, let me tell you something. You are placed into the grave. It symbolizes dead to the, you're you're dead to the old and you're made new in God. What? New what? New life. Not renovation, but new construction. Yeah, new construction. The old Adamic nature is taken out of you. Pastor, do you still sin? Yes, I still sin, but I'm not a slave to sin and I now have power to say no to sin. Man, before you're a Christian, you're just just pulled around. Why? There's no, there's no, because sin is a spiritual principle. You need a more powerful principle to overcome that principle. You got to see that. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in the what? Come on, say it, the what? Say it newness of life. Pastor Steve, I, you guys ever had a conversation? I, I want to say something very important. I've had conversations with people over the years that say, well, you know what? I, um, you know, I, I know some people or you know, I've maybe I've had conversations with people. Well, you know, Christianity didn't work for me. What do you mean it didn't work? Maybe you ascribing mentally some metaphysical thought patterns and you evaluating comparative religions. Let me tell you something. We're not talking about comparative religions. We're talking about meeting a person, coming alive on it. Let me tell you, I, I question whether they were born again. if they've Well, it just didn't work. What didn't work? Christ didn't work? Christ, did you really get saved? Because when you get saved, you died to the old. And it doesn't mean you're perfect. It doesn't mean that you don't go through struggles. It doesn't mean you go through trials. But you were once lost, now you're found. You were once dead, now you're alive. You were once, you couldn't see. Now you can see. There's a transformation that happens on the inside of you. You're not perfect, no, but you are transformed on the inside. The life of God is on the inside of you. Greater is He that is in you than He that's in the world. What are you doing, Pastor? I'm trying to preach the word to put faith in your heart that you got to see yourself. Like Pastor Chris talked about, you got to see who you are in Christ. You're a new creation in Christ. You're not just forgiven. I'm just a beat down little sinner. I'm just going to just get, yes, you sin, But it's not, I'm just, you're a man and a woman of God. You have the righteousness of Christ on the inside of you. You got to see yourself the way God sees you. Holy, righteous, justified, pure. Not because of our works, but because of his. Yeah. Wow. Galatians chapter two, verse 20. Paul says, I've been crucified with Christ no longer I that live. Did he live physically? Yes. What was he talking about? He was talking about, I laid my old life down and I took up the new life. But it wasn't his new life. It was Christ's life. I live, but Christ lives in me and the life which I now live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Look at this. Stay with me. I'm almost finished. Romans 6, 6. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him. That the body of sin might be done away with. That we should no longer be slaves to sin. Christian, listen to me. Oftentimes we get enslaved because we forgot who we are. We forgot that we are the righteousness of God. That's why I advocate, confess the word. Confession is two things, number one. By the way, I'm gonna teach. I'm teaching through the Lord's Prayer. I did it about five years ago. So many people said, I'm gonna teach you the Lord's Prayer during Lent. Let me just taste it, this is important. Confession is I confess my sin, but it's also I confess who I am in Christ you got to know who you are in Christ. I'll, be, I'll say it this way. The more you confess who you are in Christ, guess what? The less you'll sin. Because gonna, I'm not going to stoop down to that. I'm not going to give myself to that. Romans chapter 6, verse 11, last verse. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves dead to sin. Amen. Indeed, but alive to God. In Christ Jesus, our Lord, I'll read it again. Likewise, you also say, reckon yourselves. It means consider it done. It's an accounting term. It's done. I'm not going back to that old life anymore. I'm not living that life anymore. My brother told me when I got saved, you'll be back, back to what? Back to that sin, back to not remember what I did the night before, back to giving myself enslavement to immorality. I don't want that life anymore. Do you want that life? I don't want that life. I've been born again. Have you been born again? Have you been transformed by the blood of Christ? Have you been transformed? Christ said, "I've considered myself dead to sin and alive to God." Man, I know I'm preaching, but you have got to hear the word. We've got a whole generation of Christians that have never heard. You can live free. You don't have to give yourself to that. You don't have to be enslaved to that. I'll close with this story. I know some of y'all say, "Driving out to, hey, Pastor, he's fired up. I'm fired up for you. I'm fired up for you." There was a story of a guy who was a lumberjack. And he had an axe, man. He was really, he was doing a great job. And he hears about an invention. He hears about... <laughs> ring, 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 ring. What is that? Come on, yell out loud. Chainsaw. And he goes, in his story, he buys a chainsaw. He goes, man, I'm so excited. I heard this thing's going to help out. It's just do great. Man, I'm so excited. Comes back a month later, goes puts it down he goes i want my money back the guy goes what he goes it's actually taking me 20 times longer 20 times longer yeah it's taking me 20 times longer to cut down a tree man i just i took that thing and i would going back and forth and he go and the guy goes wait 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 wait, wait. you're using it all wrong he goes what do you mean he goes give it to me he goes and the guy goes "Ring, the guy goes i didn't realize there was a motor in it i was using it like an axe I wasn't using it the right way. What is the point here? The point is there's a power on the inside of the power of Almighty God. You are the right. Is it, when you trust Christ, you're taken out of Adam. You're placed into Christ. The Bible says, the Bible says it. You're dead to sin and alive to God. Do you still sin? Yes, but you're not a slave to sin. You're not a slave to sin as a Christian. Not according to the Bible. You, 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 sin is the exception, not the rule. Matter of fact, we're going to do this as, as, and, and by the way, some of you maybe that are struggling in sin habits and sin patterns. And by the way, I don't judge. I've had all of them. Trust me. I tell you about it all the time. But I thank God I'm diving deeper into that word. And those things are breaking off of my life. And they're coming off of my life. And I'm not a slave to them. I'm not a slave to them. Matter of fact, I want you to say this. Say, I'm dead to sin, but alive to God that's what Paul said Romans chapter 6 verse 11 likewise you also reckon yourselves consider it done consider yourself dead to sin and alive to God when was the last time you walked around in your foyer or in the morning when you drank your cup of coffee and you read your Bible and you made the confession I'm dead to sin today and alive to God that's what Paul said And that thing comes back, and by the way, I I made those confessions a long time when I didn't feel holy. By the way, you feeling holy or not feeling holy has nothing to do with the Bible says who you are in Christ. your feelings come and go. But the truth of God's word stands. It stands. I want everybody to say this. Say, I'm dead to sin and alive to God. One more time. One more time. You got you to get this. You got to confess this over your life. This is what Paul said. This is who you, who you are in Christ. It's 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 who you are in Christ. One more time. Say, I'm dead to sin. And alive to God. At the count of three, we'll just say it together. One, two, three. I'm dead to sin, but alive to God. I want everybody to bow their heads. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your presence here. Lord, I thank you for your presence and your power. I thank you for your word. It's like a scalpel that comes to cut away the lies of the enemy, to cut away the fears, to cut away the insecurities, to cut away the lust and the pride. Thank you for your word working in me. Thank you for your word working in each one of us. And I want to say, with everybody's head bowed and eyes closed at every campus, if you do not know Christ, man, God did not come into this world. The Bible says Jesus did not come into the world to condemn the world, but yet through him the world might be saved. Do you know Christ? Do you know that you know if you die today that you're ready to stand before God? In just a moment, the count of three, I'm just going to ask for a show of hands. I can't save you. Church of the King can't save you. I'll tell you, you can save. His name is Jesus. He died on the cross for you. He was buried, and the third day he rose again. Do you know Christ? Have you trusted Christ as your Savior? With everybody's heads about it, every one of our campuses, those that are joining us online right now, you know who you are. I want to pray with you. Count it through. Lift your hand up high. Pastor, I need Christ. I that you one, two, three. Quickly, hold your hand up high so I can see it. I'm going to pray for you. God bless you, buddy. Anybody else? God bless you, ma'am. God bless you right there. Anybody else? God bless you, sir. Anybody else? Pastor, do you pray for me, I need Christ. I'm not sure about my relationship with God. God bless you up top. Anybody else? God bless you, sir. God loves you, my friend. God bless you right here. God bless you right there. Yeah, yeah. God bless you, ma'am. Yeah. Church family, let's pray with those. We're all gonna pray with them. This is the most powerful prayer they've ever prayed. I'm telling you, this this is being taken out of Adam and being placed into Christ. This is, the, this is what the Bible is talking about. So this is the prayer of saying, I know what, I'm laying down the old and I'm putting my faith in Christ and I take up the new. All right, here we go. We're gonna pray this together. Let's pray, church family. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you today. A sinner in need of a savior. Say, Jesus, I repent of my sin. I let go of my past and I turn to you. I turn to the cross. Say, Jesus, wash me with your blood. Give me a new heart, a new life, a new reason to live. I want you to say this. Say, Jesus, I take my life and I put it in your hands. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for the sealing work of the Holy Spirit and the word of the living God taking root deep in the hearts of your people. In Jesus' name. Pastor Doug's gonna come. Hang on one second, Pastor Doug. As you come, next week, I'm gonna be answering a question. This is a message to bring somebody to. Because I'm going to be asking the question, what does the role the law? Paul talks in Romans 6 and 7, the law. Does it apply today? Does it not apply? Because it, it's very important in our understanding of the scripture. And so you don't want to miss next week. I love you guys. God bless you.
1: Man, what an absolutely incredible message from Pastor Steve. The newness of life that we can have in Jesus. Man, there's, there's something worth celebrating. Uh, about the life that we can have in Christ. And maybe you're out there and you just decided to give your life to Jesus for the first time or to recommit your life to Jesus. If that's you, I just wanna say personally, congratulations. Man, we're so excited for you as a church, as your pastor. I'm proud of you. Man, that's the best decision you could ever make. And I I really believe that this is the first day of the rest of your life with Christ. We really believe that this journey of following Jesus is going to be for the rest of your life. It's going to be an amazing journey and we're celebrating with you, but we don't want to just celebrate with you. We want to resource you and come alongside you as your church family and really partner with you and, and show you what it means to live a life of following Christ and growing in that relationship day by day and so if you wouldn't mind would you do me a favor and just text the word decision to the numbers 822 822 or you can click the link in the chat room right now I'd love to personally follow up with you and get to know your story a little bit and just help you and see how we can resource you as a church and really make your life with Christ the best that it could possibly be we believe that God has so much in store for you and this is just the beginning. Man, the best is yet to come and we're celebrating with you. And whether you give your life to Christ today or you've been following Jesus for a while, maybe you've been at Church of the King for a while, but you've never been a part of Next Steps yet. Let me tell you, this weekend is the perfect weekend to jump in. Step one is happening at all of our campuses and online. So go ahead. If you haven't signed up for Next Steps yet, if you haven't reserved your spot, go to next steps i promise you there's something about leaning in and really being a part and really taking taking a part of everything that god's doing here in our church family and next steps is the best place to jump in on that journey so go ahead sign up for step one happening this weekend if you're going to be in the online experience i'll be personally hosting that on zoom so i'd love to have the the honor of really just getting to know you and meeting you there so step one i promise you it's going to be worth your time go ahead sign up yes you I'm talking to you. Sign up right now, okay? Well, with that being said, our service is coming to a close. So we want to say thank you so much just for being a part of our service today. We really believe that this Hope Again journey has been so encouraging, and God has been speaking so much, even to me personally. And we have two more weeks left. So let me tell you, these next two weeks, you're not going to want to miss them. Let's lean in. Let's finish strong and be a part of our end of this series, the next two weeks, okay? And we'll see you here, same time, same place. Have a great week and we'll see you soon.